What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Last week, we began to discuss that the term stewardship and what that means. The word is closely tied to uh, to our English language, the best way that we can uh, uh, sort of tie that word into is a word called management or managing. But the difference between simply managing something and being a steward over something is that stewardship has spiritual implications. And so we began to discuss last week that the definition of stewardship is managing God's blessings, God's way for God's glory. Can we say that together? Say with me, managing God's blessings... God's way for God's glory. So stewardship is taking everything that God has given us, whether it's time, whether it's our talent, whether it's our treasure, our resources, and managing it, his blessings, his way for his glory. So we began to discuss last week, it was an introduction to stewardship, and I began to discuss that stewardship is something that we're all called to. If you're, especially if you're a believer in the house, if you haven't given your life to Jesus and you're not a believer, I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you get something that benefits you. But if you are a believer today, then you are called to be a steward. We began to discuss that when you begin to steward the things that God has given you or the blessings he's given you, you will see fruitfulness in your life. We began to discuss that there's a difference between uh, busyness and fruitfulness because a lot of times we can be busy but not fruitful, meaning that we're not having a genuine impact in what we're doing. And then we began to discuss that stewardship in this season, the way that we manage things now, will determine the way that we live our lives in the next season. And so today I want to really focus and hone in on one of the valuable resources that God has given us, and it's a thing called time. Would you say that word with me? Say time. Time, 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 time. It's something that we all have. But oftentimes we waste it or we take it for granted. Time is really the only thing that we can't get back. We can get a house back. We could get a car back. We can get resources back. But the one thing that we can never truly get back is time. And, I, and if you will, will agree with me today, if, you, if you've ever gone through life and realized that life can be hectic and you know that a lot of times you have a lot going on and we may say to ourselves, there's not enough time. Is there anybody in the house that will say that with me today? Have you ever said that to yourself? There's not enough time in a day with everything that's going on. But the reality is that God has given us all 24 hours. He's all given us time. And it's one of the resources that we can use for God's glory and manage it to have maximum impact. And so today I want to begin to discuss this topic about time. There's a particular scripture in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, and we have that on the screen if you could follow along. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, there's a scripture that begins to address this matter or this concept of time. Let me give you a little context here. This Psalm 
A majority of the book of Psalms is written, is written by, by, by King David. You all may know the story of King David. He was a worshiper at heart. And, and, and he has a collection of these writings, of these prayers, of these songs. But in the midst of all of these writings, of these, of these prayers, in chapter 90, it's inserted a particular chapter that actually wasn't penned by him. It wasn't written by him. Under the divine guidance of the Holy Spirit, Moses actually thousands of years later prior to this actually penned this particular psalm and 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 scholars and theologians say that the reason he was writing this particular verse is because perhaps he had experienced death in his family or perhaps there was some catastrophic situations happening around him some scholars say that it was what was happening during that time in the wilderness and so it made him contemplate it made him reflect and made him have a moment with God and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he wrote these words that you will see here today in chapter 90, verse 12. Moses declared, teach us. He's speaking to God. He's saying, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He's saying to God, teach us to manage our time so that we can glorify you with our time because the reality about life is that we do not live forever in our physical bodies. I know you all came to church and, 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 I, and, and this is, I might start on a somber note. Hopefully, I'll get to a part that cheers you up. Uh, but, but, but here's the reality about life. In the book of James, it says that life is almost as a vapor in, the, in comparison to the context of eternity of life from everlasting to everlasting. Re reality of life is that it can be really short. And here's the thing about life. If we don't realize that God has given us this time, then we will mismanage the time that God has given us. We will use the time in a way that will not benefit us or impact others, or we will waste it or take it for granted. So here he is saying, teach us, God, to not take for granted the time that you've given us. Teach us, God, to really maximize the time that you've given us so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so today, what I want to share with you is three principles about stewarding your time. I want to share three things today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down here today. I want to give you three uh, principles about stewarding your time. Here's the important thing about time is that you must keep priorities and patterns in mind when you want to steward your time. You must keep priorities and patterns in mind when you want to be a steward over your time. I know I've shared the story with you all about a, stress, uh, a professor at a stress management course. And this professor, uh, you know, I shared a story with you. He had a, a glass of water, and you know the story. I've shared it a couple times here. That same professor, he's really good. Uh, he came to his class months later. And again, he had another, another illustration for his students. And so this professor comes in and has actually now, instead of a, a glass of water, now he has a jar, a large jar. And, and his students are looking at him and saying, here we go again. He, you know, last uh, months before he came with a glass of water, we were trying to figure out what was happening. And now he comes in with a glass jar. And so what he begins to do is he begins to grab big stones, large stones that he brought with him, and he began to place them in the jar. 
And he asks his students, he says, is the glass uh, or is this jar full? And the students, everyone in the class says yes, because it's filled with these large stones. And then all of a sudden he grabs under his desk some gravel and he begins to pour it into the jar and it begins to fill the gravel, the spaces that were empty, that the stones hadn't covered. And so the gravel began to fill the spaces. And so then he asking again, he's asking the students, is the glass, uh, is the jar full now? And the students are now confused because they said yes before. now they're saying yes now it's actually full but then the professor does something interesting he grabs some sand now now it went from just having stones in there to having gravel and now he grabs sand and now he begins to pour the content into the jar of sand and now it begins to fill the jar even more and he asks again is the is the jar full and and at this point everybody's quiet and everybody's looking at the professor the same way you're looking at me just with your googly eyes (laughs) And then he grabs some water and he begins to pour it to to the brim. And now, and now he asks, is it full now? And now everybody's, all right, just get to the point. And just like the way you're looking at me, Pastor, what is the point? And so what's happening is he says, here's the thing about life, that life is is this way. He said, had I begin with the small stuff, had I began to fill this jar with sand, with gravel, and with water first, I wouldn't have been able to pull, I wouldn't have been able to put the content of large stones inside the glass jar. What did, the, what did the stones represent? Because they were larger. What the large stone represented was priorities. Because oftentimes in life, the same is true. That we fill our lives with the small things in life. And we become preoccupied with small things. And we begin to neglect the large picture in life. We begin to neglect priorities in life. And so, and so here he is, he's giving this example. And, 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 and here's what he wanted to tell him. That you must analyze, in order for you to steward your time, you must analyze what your priorities are. What are your priorities? Because when your priorities are aligned, you will put the first things first. You will put the right things in the right place. But oftentimes, we put social media over family. All right. Is, is it all right if I, if I talk to you today? I know some of y'all looking tired and upset. That's oh, all right. I'm going to speak to somebody today. Uh, 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 a lot of times, we put our friends over our marriage. Sometimes we put, we put the, the, what people are saying of us on top of what God believes about us in the scripture. A lot of times we, we're paying more attention to what people say about us, their opinion about us, about what people feel, how we look, how we talk, our education or lack thereof. Instead of believing what the scripture says, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are victorious and we are not. I wish I had somebody in this place. So often we look at the small stuff and we place it in the jar first. But what God wants you to know today that in order for you to properly steward your time, You've got to have priorities, baby. What's your priority? Is marriage your priority? Then you got to put it first. Is your spiritual walk a priority? Because oftentimes we'll put everything else before our relationship with Jesus. I'm talking to the believers. We we, we tell the world, "I, I love God. But do you spend time with God? 
Because the true testament of love is when you invest time into that thing. If I say I love my wife, I got to spend time with my wife. If I say I love my children, I got to spend time with my children. If I say I love my church, then that means I got to be present in my church. If I, if I love my community, that means I'll give time to my community. If I love what I do in my business, my career, my job, then I got to invest time in it. You can't say you love something and not give it its time. The true testament of love is that you invest time. And so being a proper steward of your time is you must first analyze what your priorities are. Right there where you are, jot them down. Jot them down if you're taking notes. What are your priorities? Is it family? Because here's the thing. So oftentimes we have, we believe we know what our priorities are, but we haven't really written them down, looked at them, analyzed them. And so we just go by life as a ship in the middle of sea, just being tossed by the wind here and there and everything is pulling us. If somebody calls you, hey, I need you, you go that direction. If they say, hey, I need you here, they pull you in that direction. Hey, I want you to spend time, hang out. You ain't been out with us. Then you go, hey, we, we, ain't, we ain't turned up in a little bit. You, and so here you are getting, and you're pulled in all these directions. But when you have priorities in place, you put the large stones first and you say everything else can wait. Being a steward of your time means that you will make, have to make some hard decisions. Analyze your priority. Is your education priority? And if it's priority, then reality TV, that might have to be one of the small things you'll have to put on for later. Okay, I'm not, I'm, uh, am I talking to the right church today? Is there anybody that knows? I, 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 listen, I'm speaking from experience. I'll be the first one to tell you that I've had such a challenge with this because life can be hectic. If you know me, I have now two babies. I have a wife. I have a career and I have a ministry. I have all these things. I travel from time to time. And so this is something that God has truly had to minister to me. And now I want to share it to you because I don't want you to live your life just wasting it. I don't want you to live your life not being productive, not being fruitful. I want you to live out the calling that God has given to you. If there's anybody in this place that believes that you have a calling, I want to remind you and I want to encourage you that God has given you this resource called time and when you grab a hold of that thing you won't let your calendar dictate you but you will dictate what your calendar says because here's the reality God has given you the capacity pastor I I feel like I can't handle the stones the weight the pressure but I'm going to encourage you whatever the blessing that God has given you because can I, just throw, can I just throw something at you and you'll catch it? Can I just do that today? Where are the ones that will catch something that I throw at you? Let me know. Okay, for the ones in the back. <sighs> Brother Sway, I don't know if I should say it. Can I say it? All right. Every bit of God's blessing, miracle, breakthrough, always has responsibility attached to it. You don't get the wife or husband, baby, and you don't commit time into it. You don't, you don't get a calling or a vision or a dream or a goal, and you don't commit and make sacrifices for it. And the reality of life is that God has given you the capacity to manage all of those. I'm encouraging myself. When you have a two-year-old, terrible twos, and then you have a three-week-old crying at three, four, five in the morning, I'm encouraging myself saying, I can manage all of this. 
with the help, here's your advantage, believer, of the Holy Spirit. So when I get frustrated and when I feel like there's nothing else that I can give, you know what I do? I call on God and the Holy Spirit and I say, God, within my abilities and my strength, I can't push further, but I believe that with you I can do I can do all things, even if it means changing a diaper at four in the morning when my eyelids are still half shut. I can do all things. When, when God says you have to preach and you have to minister, even though you're tired, even though you don't have anything else to give, the Holy Spirit says, I got you. I'm going to give you the strength. Oh, I wish I had somebody in this. See, God will give you the capacity to manage all of those large stones. But here it is. You got to prioritize it. And you got to realize that a lot of times you got to manage the pattern of it. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm so glad that you asked. See, everything has, everything has a pattern in life. Secular society will tell you, try to find balance. Try to find balance. How many know? I ain't never got no balance in my life. I just, this is something that... In fact, the scriptures never teach about a thing called balance. I looked through it. I've read it. It talks about priorities. Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Everything else will be added. It doesn't talk about balance. It talks about priorities. And when you understand that it's not necessarily about balance because balance, what it entails is that you have to evenly distribute your weight and everything. But a lot of times, you, the, the way that we're, we function is that we're able to focus in on this thing here and invest in it and then we're, we switch over and we focus on this and we give it our all and then we switch over. See, that's not balance because if it's balanced, you're able to do everything simultaneously at once. But that's not the way we're designed. We're, we're designed to, 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 with, with a pattern. See, we, we serve a rhythmic God that understands patterns and rhythm and life is that way there are ebbs and flows and and the way life moves it, it comes in curves and grooves and in waves and a lot of times here's the challenge about life you have to have your priorities in place but you have to realize that there may be moments in your life where that where that rhythm might be switched I had a rhythm of one kid. We, we, my wife and I, we had everything down. We bedtime and we had the time we did everything and, and we had our date time, everything. And now we just had another blessing that comes with responsibility. And so now what do we have to do? We have to switch the rhythm. It doesn't mean that you let go of your prior or former responsibilities. It means you adjust, baby. I would, are you still with me? If your relationship with God is priority and you say you love God, then when you start getting demands on other aspects of your life, what you don't do is let go of your relationship with God. What you do is you adjust to the new rhythm. Because I'm more busier with my career, it doesn't mean that I start neglecting family. No, no, no. What I do is begin to adjust with the time God has given me, I begin to adjust the rhythm. It's just like this. By the way, we didn't plan this. I hope this works out. Y'all know me. I do this spontaneous improvising, so I don't know how this is going to go. But, but my life is, 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 is just like this. Go ahead. Give me a rhythm. Give me something else. 
Life is like this. So you got one rhythm, right? And then you get hit with a curveball in life, and now it throws off your rhythm. He's good. <laughs> I'm okay. I didn't stop what I was doing. See, the mission continues. What I had to do was switch the pattern up, switch the rhythm up. So if it takes me an hour to get ready, here, here's the practical stuff I'm giving to you. And you know it takes you an hour to get ready, but every day you still make it 20 minutes late to work. Do you know, the scripture says, teach us to number. It's arithmetic, it's math. He's saying, teach us to number, teach us to analyze. It's a figure, it's a number. We have 24 hours, so how do I allocate it properly to my priorities? He's saying, teach us our number. So if I get to work 20 minutes later, if we do the math, how many minutes earlier do I have to wake up? You all are so bright. Teach us to number our days. Can I, can I just throw something on the side? You have to take your priority seriously. When you show up to places on time and you have a standard, and I'm throwing this because we're talking about time, and I know I'm talking to my Latino and black folks in the, in the, in the room. <laughs> if, the quince, if the quinceañera is at one, what time we show up? Three o'clock. If the cookout is at five, we're going to show up at nine at night. <laughs> but if your job interview is at 930, <laughs> you sitting there waiting, you pacing, your palms sweaty, you nervous, and you reciting everything. You go, why? Because you placed that as a, at a, prior, as a priority. And so you adjusted your rhythm and your pattern to that, to your priority. You've got to take your time seriously. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about just church, but if you make appointments, if you're meeting with people, if you're setting things up, make sure to value other people's time and show up on time. That's a prophetic word that I just gave you. I made, I just gave you an insight revelation. I just gave you some. <laughs> Show up on time. Why? Because you're valuing other people's time when you're saying that. When you show up on time for church, what you're saying is, God, I honor you with the time you've given me. If I could show up early on time for work, if I could show up early on time with my, with my, my, my nail or hair appointment, am I talking to anybody in this place? You'll be sitting there mad because you're Barbara. I'm not talking about Mondo. He's always on point. But, but you'll be sitting there waiting on your appointment. Why? Because you, you set an appointment, right? And you're demanding for somebody to honor your time. And so God has done so many great things in our life. And so when you say, I'm going to show up to church on time, what you're saying is I'm going to honor God with my time. I know this is not a message for you to really get excited about. I already knew that, so I'm just going to preach the message anyways and I pray that it helps somebody um, when you set that as your standard that's the legacy that you begin to build with others that's your reputation when your children hello parents see you that you make a sacrifice and that your standard is to show places on time so you can honor God what that does is teaches them 
Otherwise, when you show up late and just say, well, every, this is just my culture, this just is what it is, this is just what I do, then that's what you're teaching and instilling to the future generation. But I'm declaring that out of this church, we're going to have generations of excellence. We're going to have generations that will have a standard to honor God in everything that they do, whether you're meeting with somebody, whether you're serving in the ministry, whether you're in marriage, whether you have a career or a business, whatever it is that you do, that you take it seriously because you understand priorities and you understand patterns. You don't neglect what you're supposed to prioritize. Let me give you the second thing. Am I helping anybody out, by the way? Am I helping anybody? Let me give you the second thing. Let me give you the second thing. I know I'm going to help somebody today. Stewarding your time, it really takes practice. That's what you have to realize, and I want you to write that down. The true testament about stewarding or managing your time, because here's the reality. Time management from a biblical perspective is simply life management. When you start to look at all aspects of your life, you begin to align your priorities with God's will and purpose for your life. You will begin to align those things. But here is the reality, and I know you will agree with me, that it is not easy. That, in fact, it is difficult because we're constantly being bombarded with different things, with different... Uh, with different uh, scenarios or situations that want to pull our attention. So here's the thing about time, and I'm giving you super practical things, is you have to be intentional daily, weekly, monthly with your time. So here's what my wife and I do, and I'm telling you from my experience because I really believe that the, the, the things that we've had to implement, uh, it's really blessed us to the point where, you know, where I, can, where I can honestly say in the midst of chaotic circumstances, we still have a healthy marriage, we still have a healthy uh, family unit because we implement these things. And I, and I don't want anything from you. I want this for you. I want you to have a fulfilled, blessed life, the life in abundance that it talks about in John 10. And if you want to do that, you have to be in intentional every day I don't talk about what I'm gonna do uh, during the day the day of I'm already going through it the night before so I'm looking and I'm analyzing at the next day meetings work schedule time with family I'm analyzing it already the day before and I'm having conversations with my wife this is for my married folks don't don't talk about what you're doing uh, uh, during the day on the same day talk about it beforehand for my singles, maybe your demands and your priorities at this season of your life is school. Maybe it's your job. I, I, I don't know where you're, maybe you're just in a relationship. Here's the thing. This will combat your inner procrastinator. Anybody ever procrastinate in life? Just keep it real. Just kind of just let me know if I'm talking to the right people. See, in order for you to combat the inner procrastinator, you have to realize that it's not just about goal setting. This is what I want to accomplish during the year. This is what I want to do in five years. This is what I want. No, no, it's about daily practicing time management. And so a week in advance, you're having conversations. This is when I'm going to do my assignment. This is when I'm going to pray. This is when I'm going to go to school. This is when I go to work. This is when I spend time with my family. And every, each one of those things is uninterrupted. What do I mean by that? Whatever your priority is, Whatever it is that you're devoting time to for that specific hour, make sure that you are fully present in that hour. Because so often, we can bring our work into the home and so we don't really have quality time with our loved ones. Because all we're thinking about is what we left at work. 
So what you have to do is be intentional about saying, I'm leaving work at work because now my priority is not work. I'll deal with that tomorrow. But now I'm at home and I'm with my family and I'm going to spend quality time. It's Because oftentimes it's not so much about the quantity because if you're as busy as I am and as many people are in this room, you know you only have but so much amount of time to spend with your loved ones. Make sure that you make the best out of that time that you have. So you have to practice that you have to be intentional daily weekly it requires conversations you have to talk to your people if there is a season of your life where you have to focus on a particular assignment a particular project have conversations with the people around you and make sure communication is there so that when you all of a sudden disappear because you're focused on your current priority that you don't begin to neglect your family ties i'm helping somebody i'm, I'm giving you super practical stuff that's really going to help you have conversations to say i'm in this season of my life i still love you and, and we're still connected but whoa what just happened there holy ghost but you're saying in this season, this is what I'm focusing on. And so, and so you have to have uninterrupted times as you look and be intentional about the resource of time. And avoid tasks, if you're writing things down. Avoid tasks and things that are not fruitful to your life. You know we all have something that doesn't benefit us. It's really perhaps toxic or doesn't do anything for us there may be one thing there may be a few things in order for you to be productive and be a steward of your time in order for your life to be fruitful you have to let go of those things that do not benefit you or produce life if it does not move you towards your calling if it does not benefit your heart your life your spirit your body your mind then those things might be the things that you have to eliminate you have to uh, you have to eliminate I may have a witness or two the mindless scrolling on your news feed on your IG, you just sitting there, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you just gotta check out another meme. You, go, you click on that meme, and then that goes to the next meme, and it, it's just, it's, and, and, but before you know it, two hours, you were just mindless scrolling on your phone. Am I saying social media is bad? No, no, no. Especially if it benefits you, you're calling, uh, use it to your advantage. It's, it's a wonderful tool if you know how to manage it. But here's the thing. A lot of times we can just do mindless things that doesn't build us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And those are the things that you have to avoid if you want to manage the tasks that you have in front of you. Let me give you this third thing. Are you all doing all right? You all know I love you, right? All right, all right. I don't want y'all to catch me outside and, <laughs> and y'all beat me up. You say, Pastor, I wanted an encouraging word. And you hear tell him, listen, you can go on doing what you're doing with your time. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm encouraging you based on what the Bible teaches. And I really believe when you begin to implement these things, you're going to see a shift in your relationships, in your marriage, with your family ties, in your career, in your business, when you really begin to steward your time and realize that it's an asset, and realize that it's a resource, realize that it's something you can't get back so you want to maximize it, you're going to see a shift in your life. Here's the third thing. In order for you to, to really be a, a steward of your time, you've got to keep an eternal perspective on the time that God has given you. Keep an eternal perspective on time being a good steward of your time it's not only about managing it it's not only a you, in life you're going to have ambitions and, and that's a wonderful thing 
in life, you're, you're, you're going to want to, you're going to want to accomplish great things. That's a beautiful thing. I believe when you have a, a, a calling from the Lord, it will demand your sacrifice. It will demand your attention. And, and if you, if you have a financial goal, you're, you're working towards that and, and, and you have career goals. And so you're, you're working towards that. It, it, all those things are wonderful. And, and you have physical goals and so you invest your time in, into that was, these all these are all are wonderful things it's not it's not wrong to want to be better physically and 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 and, and spend time with friends and enjoy vacations and all that is a wonderful thing but when you look at the bible it teaches us that that we are spiritual beings with physical bodies it's not the other way around we are not physical bodies that God later in life places a spirit in. It teaches us that he creates us with a spirit, so we are spiritual beings. And because we are spiritual beings, the Bible says from everlasting to everlasting, it teaches us that God is eternal. And so if in Genesis it teaches us that we are created in his image and his likeness, then it says that we are also eternal spiritual beings. Meaning, I don't know if you knew this, that you will live for an eternity. You will live for an eternity. And for those who have committed their life and say yes to Jesus, that you are, you are my everything, I'll live my life for you. Then here's some perspective that I want to give you. Just imagine, I saw this brilliant illustration by a pastor years ago and I've never forgotten it and I just want to share it with you perhaps you've seen it illustrated it's very simple but the concept it really impacted me let's just say that this cord is your lifespan I'm talking about this is eternity right and let's just say this cord goes on forever and ever it goes all throughout it's endless because that's what eternity looks like it's endless there's no end to it the reality about life is that this is our lifespan on earth. If you live a healthy life, you get to 70, 80, you know, if you do all right, 60, you know. But the reality is not everybody gets, gets to live that long. And I'm speaking to a group full of young people. I actually don't think there's anybody over 50, 40 or 50 in the room. So this might be something that you're not even thinking about. This, this word might hit a little harder for the people that are closer to already. <laughs> but at your young age, you are youthful and beautiful and you dressed up all nice and you fresh and you be flexing on IG and you showing off everything God giving you, like, you know, all these beautiful, wonderful things. But here's the reality, young people, all of us in this room. The reality of life is that this is our span if you look at it within the context of eternity. 30 years some, 40 years some, 50 years some, 60 years some, 70 years. If God bless, I, I, my wife's grandmother is, 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 is going 90 something. Praise the Lord. But people don't live that long. She's from the hills of Dominican Republic. She's, you know, so she's, y'all know how it goes, our, 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 our ancestors. They used to live hundreds of here in America, pff, praise the Lord. Toxins, environment, all that. It's a whole different message. This is your life if you look at it within the context of eternity because eternity keeps going. And so often, we, all we do is focus on this little bit here and neglect all of this here. 
we invest in it's not it's not it's not bad to have ambitions and career goals and and spend time on your body and and having fun and the turn up and all this is it it's not bad but but what i want to give you perspective is while you're doing these things don't lose sight of this when you remember who you are who are you you're a child of god When you remember why you're here, you're here with purpose. You're not just here to go to work and then go to sleep and wake up and do the next. No, 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 no. Life is much more than that, baby. God is giving you a calling. God is giving you, uh, uh, he's giving you gifts. He's giving you dreams. He's giving you goals. He's giving you things inside so that you can use it for his glory. And so often we're just so worried about, about satisfying and gratifying ourselves. It's for me right now. All the money I get, I just want to save it. I just want to, I don't want to give. Why would I give? Because I, I'm working hard for this so I can just save it up, save it up, save it up. Do you know that at your funeral, nobody's going to say I love this brother or sister all they did all their lives was save up their money they never gave anything but they saved it up praise the Lord I'm not saying it's bad to save what I'm saying is keeping an eternal perspective save but also realize that you can give to the kingdom of God invest but realize that you can't take those things with you past this life so while you have it on this earth manage it for God's glory do it God's way and do it for his kingdom keep an eternal perspective I'm living for people so satisfy people but but what about this in order for you to keep an eternal perspective you have to realize who you are you're a child of God you're an ambassador of the kingdom you are beloved you are his own you have been called for his purpose for his glory why are you here to fulfill his mission on this earth to fulfill the work of the kingdom that's why you're here it's beyond just what we see here and now it's beyond that so when you are coming to church you're not doing something regular regular schmegular What you're doing is you're saying, because I know I'm an eternal being, I'm practicing here on earth, so I go to church so I can worship God, and I can connect to God, and I can serve him, and I can use my talents with the time that he's given me because I'm an eternal being. And so when temptation comes my way to try to pull me from my calling, I say no because I got my eyes on the prize. When temptation wants to, wants to break me down in my flesh, in my spirit, in my heart, I remember that I have an eternal perspective, so I'm going to use my time. Because it's every day you got to make small decisions that will impact the rest of your life. You got to make small decisions every day of your life that compound to something greater, your eternal life. We got to remember who you are, why you're here. And that God has given each of us a mandate. The Bible says in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples. I'm talking to the believers. Go therefore and make disciples out of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, so we have a call to go, to maximize, to impact, to be fruitful, to share the love of God through our talents, through our life. And here's the thing about time. I shared it last week. The thing about life and time is that it's clicking and it's ticking 
and you're here sitting on your time and you're saying, God, I'm not moving or doing anything because I'm just, I don't know what I'm waiting on. You're just sitting on time and it just keeps clicking and ticking and you can't get it back. And so I just want to encourage and stir and provoke you to not leave this room just sitting with the time that you have. You've got to say, God, help me to analyze my priorities. God, help me to implement the call that you've given me. God, help me to keep an eternal perspective and not to waste it but to be a leader but to set a standard but to live my life for you it keeps on ticking pastor what if I've lost my time what if I've wasted my time I want to encourage you today that I believe that we serve a restoring God and you might have never heard a message like this because you maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't quite grow up in a church or you went to churches where all they preached about was demons and, and hell and that's all you heard every week. And so it didn't help you in life ever. Here you are knowing, that, knowing about heaven and hell but don't know how to manage your time. But thank God you come to Hope Center. Thank God that people are going to say about you, you know what? That person doesn't waste time. Pastor, can I rest? Absolutely. You got to, that's a priority. You got to rest. Allocate time for rest. I got to spend time with my friendships. I got to hang out. I got to, okay, wonderful. But allocate it. Be, be, be intentional. Plan it out. Write it in a calendar. Do you know that we have the greatest resources in our pocket or in our hands? Some of you have it in your hand. It's your phone. You know your phone got a calendar? Did you, did you know that? It's not just for texting. You can actually utilize that. And when somebody says, hey, man, we need you to serve on this day, put it on that calendar. Your wife says, hey, we need to hang out. Put that thing on your calendar. And when you're at church or when you're with your family or when you're with your kids or when you're hanging out or when you're out shopping, you have everything allocated. You're maximizing it and you're being intentional and you're being present so that you don't neglect these things. You have a great resource there. Here's the thing about time keeps clicking, ticking, ticking. Somebody's saying, Pastor, what if I lost my time? We serve a restoring God. You might have never heard this message, but now, because you've heard this message, you have a responsibility now. But what about all this time that I've wasted here? I want to encourage someone today. We serve a restoring God. You You may have wasted time in the past, but I believe that God is able to restore the time that you've lost. Hello, Joel chapter 2, it says, the time that the locust warm and, 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 and has, has taken, I will redeem, I will restore. I want to encourage someone today that said, Pastor, I feel like you're just digging me in my grave because, because I've wasted my time. I want to encourage you that there can be a shift in your life, that now God can really use you if you begin to implement these things, that he can restore the time that you've lost. But now you have a mandate, you have a responsibility. How will you use your time? You got songs in your heart. You, got, you, got, you have a book in your spirit. You have a vision that God has given you in your mind. You have a ministry that's just, that's just waiting on you. Relationships to flourish, a blessed marriage, blessed family unit. You have everything there. And God is saying that you can maximize those areas of your life. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained 
only experience. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that can really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.